Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vaz on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, can you believe it? After mm. a long, long, long offseason, we have finally, finally made it, Shane. <sighs> To game day, and man, I cannot be more excited. I'm, I'm kind of, to be honest with you, Shane. I'm sick as a dog. Yeah, but that ain't gonna stop me from recording a podcast and talking some Vanderbilt football. <laughs> How about you? Oh, I'm ready, man. I'm pumped up. I, I love, like I said, the, the the Twitter machines, all social media outlets. They're just it's football, football, football. I, I mean, I'm getting pumped up over band songs, and yeah, you know, I just <laughs> I, I am ready. It is in the air. It is time. The long wait is over. Let's watch some football. Let's play some money on some football. Vanderbilt, Hawaii, you may not care. Throw $100 on it, you'd care. So it's it's right. it's that time of the year, baby. This is how sick my mind is, Shane. Like I said, I'm a little under the weather. Mm-hmm. I was considering opening a beer, just like you did. You know, we, yeah. I, I like to drink, obviously. and uh, <laughs> But I was thinking, man, a beer, not feeling well. That could be a big, big mistake. I'll be paying for it the rest of the night. So, you know what I did, Shane? I broke open my Kentucky bourbon, made myself a drink here because a little bit stronger. It's got to kill those germs, don't you think? That's right. That's how our papas did it, you know? <laughs> like, power through it. There was no doctors. You just you just took – you remember that rock candy? You remember that was a thing? I don't – like the real rock candy. Like, it had – it had alcohol in it, and it did not taste good as a kid, but they were like, no, you better eat this sucker, you know, and it worked. Your throat felt better in three days, so I don't know why we got away from it. It was working this whole time, but uh, yeah, a little bourbon can never hurt, brother. Yeah, and speaking of drinking, Shane, don't forget, want to remind the audience here, our second weekly Twitter space is coming up Friday, 8 o'clock mm-hmm. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. We'll be kicking back some cold ones, talking some SEC football and the theme for this week, Shane, biggest upset predictions. We'll save ours for that Twitter spaces. Again, 8 yes. o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. But, hey, I want to give a shout-out, Shane. I don't know if you saw this. I, I tweeted about it last night. But our buddy Stefan Krajiznik there from the, the Clarion Leisure that we, mm-hmm. covers Mississippi State. You know, we met up with him down there at Media Days. He's picking Mississippi State, Shane. To beat Georgia in Starkville. Ooh. And I know you've been hiring them Bulldogs. So mm-hmm. you, you got to love that take. I love it, man. And again, that's that's what this is about. <laughs> I mean, there are going to be some upsets at the end of the season. We're going to look back and say, you remember the South Carolina-Georgia game? How big was that? That was monumental. Right. Uh, there, the, these upsets happen, and then we look back at them and talk about how great these games are, and that's what gets us through the offseason. <laughs> but we're going to be bringing this up on the Twitter spaces Friday, so be sure to check us out, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Um, and, and the way we're doing it is your team. You know, if you're a Tennessee homer like myself, you're saying, well, I think the biggest one would be Georgia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever team you've got, uh, what's your what's the one you got circled that potentially can be an upset for your program? So I'm excited about it, man. I love the interaction, and we look, I look forward to seeing everybody there. Yeah, can't wait to see some bold takes from some of you guys. But uh, mm-hmm. 
Hey, speaking of South Carolina, Shane, I'm sure you saw this because this was the damn most viral thing here on Thursday. But uh, South Carolina, apparently they're going to have to rename their mascot <laughs> some kind of lawsuit or something. I don't know the backstory. Yeah. The backstory is not the important part. The important part is some of these suggestions being thrown out, Shane. And I've only got one, Mike. <laughs> I've only got one. <laughs> Cock Commander. Far and away the most popular choice here for South Carolina's live mascot. We also got Cluck Norris. I like that one. <laughs> we got Coop down there for uh, the Gamecock. Which one are you going with, Shane? Do you, do you have a name to suggest? Oh, Cock Commander, man. That's that's without <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, this and this is what was it? Big. It was a yes. Spur? Oh, how did it go? I don't even know it. That's that's. I that's think his name is, is Sir Big Spur. It, but yeah, Sir some, Big Spur. For some reason, it's there's a lawsuit or something. They've they've got to change the name. And there's no cock commander out there. <laughs> is this like? <laughs> remember, Ole Miss put that doctor on their cup. Is that we're gonna have some guy come out of California and say that's my name? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh God. Flying Hawaiian John Scott. <laughs> I hear you, Joe. That's his, it's his stage name. But anyway, um, no, I, I think this is great. Um, you know, I, I mean, I hate it because they've had it for a long, long time. But, yeah. you know, whatever. It, it's They did similar thing with the WWF. You remember? It's like oh, yeah. some forest thing came up and said, hey, that's us. And we're like, oh, okay, because everybody – follows the WWF forest. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll improvise the, 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 the cock will have a new name. Trust yeah. me. The only other thing, Shane, we got a great interview lined up with Chris Lee, Vandy sports. Before we get mm -hmm. to that, uh, we got some show announcements, but I don't want to say this is official because this guy doesn't even cover the team, but I, I do know that he is pretty reliable, but uh, Clint Brewster, 24 seven sports, Shane, he is actually the son of uh, Tim Brewster, who's coached uh, most recently at uh, Florida. He was the tight ends coach. He mm -hmm. coached Kyle Pitts, and he's been at uh, several other places, worked for Jimbo at A&M and Florida State. But anyway, Clint Brewster is saying Jackson Dart will be named the starting quarterback at Ole Miss. So I don't know how plugged in he is to the scene down there. I haven't heard this officially reported. But uh, could potentially some big quarterback news hit here heading into the weekend. Mike, are we really surprised? I mean, out of all of them, I, this is the one that, you know, we've been talking about in the offseason with the NIL deals and, right. uh, and all this stuff, and Lane has danced around it all together. But in the back of our mind, we've always thought that this was our guy, didn't we? Always, yeah. I mean, yeah, so. you got to think he's the higher ceiling. But what I had been hearing, Shane, was that Luke Altmyer was pretty much the more steady quarterback in the spring, the more steady mm -hmm. quarterback even during the first couple of weeks of training camp. But I think it was been Jackson Dart that's come on here as the competition's heating up as the season comes closer. But I still think, Shane, particularly given the Ole Miss schedule, I think we're going to see both these quarterbacks take the field. Okay, well, we'll see, man. I just I think it's Dart's job to lose. Mm -hmm. I, I think you brought him in for a reason. He's everything that – you know, that Lane, I, I get Kiffin coming out and talking about the age, and, and it felt like a lot of times he was not talking too dark, but through media too dark, if you mm -hmm. will. And, and obviously, he's going to have some growing pains early, but he has the tangible 
pieces needed to run this Ole Miss offense the way Lane Kiffin runs, likes to run offense. So, uh, no doubt in my mind he was our guy. Just worst-case scenario, yeah, I was expecting to see him maybe game three, game four, something like that because Ole Miss has a pretty slow start to the beginning. But that gives him plenty of opportunity to kind of work out those, those, uh, those young player vibes, if you will. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Shane, hey, before we get to our interview, like I said, we've got a couple special announcements. We've been working behind the scenes to deliver you guys some quality stuff outside of the podcast. And we really are confident in this product, Shane. The podcast this fall is going to be presented by Wager. We're going to have sports betting. And what's great about Wager, if you're unfamiliar with the product, it's new to us as well, but it's an app that you can get on. You can join that SEC football podcast. Shane and I are already in the app. You can find mm-hmm. us. You can interact with us, and you can bet. Instead of betting against a, a computer, you know, the Vegas casinos, you're betting against Shane and I yeah. or, or some of the other fans. So we're trying to get as many of the podcast listeners to follow us on the Wager app. And if you use a promo code SEC, they'll give you 20 bucks worth of absolutely free bets doesn't cost you a thing and uh, man I, I cannot be more excited for this partnership absolutely man this is going to be fun this is something everybody gives me shit when i do a pick a lock of the week they're like <laughs> shane always picks the wrong one well i'm putting my money where my mouth is mike and i'm going to get on there take that free 20 dollars. log on there this this weekend I put, I'm going to go ahead and let you know I'm walking down Vandy, and if you feel Hawaii is going to beat Vandy or keep it within so many points, then put your $20, the free $20 we just gave you against my $20. If I lose, you get 40 bucks. you know? So I, I think this is... This is going to be fun. This is we're going to we're going to talk trash all season long on this thing. Uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to bat a thousand though, Mike. I, I've never had a season <laughs> so confident than I do right now. So if you feel confident, you can take my money. Well, then jump on the app promo code SEC. Doesn't get easier than that. Yeah, no doubt, Shane. And again, that's Wager W A G R. You mm-hmm. can find that on every single app store out there, the Apple App Store. Google, all that. Uh, only thing, 21 and up. You got to be 21 yep. years of age, and you got to be located in the state of Tennessee. So, hey, even if you're not in Tennessee, you travel up here for Nashville for a, you know, an, an event or what have you. You can jump on this wager app. You come up mm-hmm. for a Vanderbilt game. You come up for a Tennessee game or even a Memphis game. Get on that wager app and use that promo code SEC for 20. Free dollars worth of bets. And don't forget to check us out on there. Search That SEC Podcast and join the group. Won't cost you a thing. And again, you got to be 21 years of older to play. Please play responsibly. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Now also, Shane, hey, I feel a little bad because we don't want to discount anybody that's not in the state of Tennessee. We got mm-hmm. one other sponsorship, Shane, to announce here. Prize Picks back again for another year with the podcast and the great thing daily fantasy sports they're over at prize picks again same promo code sec to get Mm -hmm. you locked in with 20 bucks worth of free bets on a daily fantasy app but like i said if you're not located in tennessee shane prize picks is available in georgia alabama florida south carolina north carolina kentucky Virginia, Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, New York, California, Utah, Arizona, 
damn near the entire country but Tennessee. So, hey, if, if you're not located again at Tennessee, check us out uh, over there at Prize Picks. We've got the link in the show notes to, to get you locked on to Prize Picks for another season. That's another one I'm very excited about, Shane. And I have even got some Prize Picks for the upcoming weekend. So, man, we are locked and loaded. And again, hey, Shane, we love to, you know, do this show. We love to do it in a presentation that's free. We yes. never we never charge anyone for a show, whether it's on YouTube or Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever. However you get this show, Shane, it is absolutely free. The only way to keep the show free is to take advantage of these sponsors. We don't ask for much. No. This is all we're asking for. Sign up for Wager, again, for a free 20 bucks. Sign up for Prize Picks, free 25 bucks, and get in on the action. Play with us all season long. I'm fired up about it. I am too, man. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head. We've, we've been doing this a long time, and we're going to keep doing this for a long time. We're going to be your content you need for the SEC. So scratch our back. We'll scratch yours with all the information that you can handle. <laughs> all right, buddy. Hey, we've got a great interview here with my good friend Chris Lee, Vandy Sports. He is absolutely the best out there covering the Commodores, Shane. Spent a good deal of time talking not only this Hawaii game, but the current state of the program under Clark Lee. I think uh, not only Vanderbilt fans, but the entire SEC, you really appreciate this conversation with Chris Lee. Well, we're pleased to once again be joined by Chris Lee, who does an outstanding job covering Vanderbilt for Vandy Sports. It's my go-to podcast and website for Vanderbilt information. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, always happy to join you. Thanks for having me. Hey, so obviously it's we got a big game here, week zero, Vanderbilt at Hawaii. But before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, Chris, what were your thoughts on uh, Clark Lee coming out? I thought it was pretty bold, a lot of his comments here at, at SEC Media Days and you know, I, I, some of that's to, to be expected. You gotta, you gotta build your program and have faith in what you're doing. But uh, I don't know. Just what, what was your impressions of all that? Well, I mean, it certainly made them the butt of a lot of jokes, which they don't need at the moment. But I don't think that he meant it. Look, I, I don't think anybody expects them to start winning national championships anytime soon. And I think what he was trying to sell was the experience that the kids were going to come there. They were going to get a good degree. They're going to be treated well. And, and, oh, by the way, they plan to win a lot of football games, too. Now, that is going to be the hard part. But I, I think I know what he was getting at. Um, I don't know that, obviously, the headline writing went a little different. But, um, you know, and, and let's be honest, too, right? This is a program that, that could use some expectations and some standards. I mean, they're in the 21-game SEC losing streak, so – Maybe that's not the the talking point you right, want right then, but I think it shows that they want to be competitive. And, and hey, the old adage of aim for the stars and hit the moon maybe applies there uh, in case, you know, in, in their case where just going to some bowl games would be some progress. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you about from um, our experience down there at Media Days, getting to meet with Mike Wright, probably wasn't a surprise to you, uh, Chris, but he really was an outstanding representative and and I would go as far as to say he was the best player interview at the entire event not just Vanderbilt but the entire SEC does that come as a surprise to you or was that something you kind of expected I'm not shocked Mike's a, a bright kid he's a charismatic kid he's a kid who really wanted to come to Vandy for a while in fact he was a UCF commit 
And then Vanderbilt offered him late in the process. He broke that commitment and, and came to Vanderbilt. No, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. Mike is a dynamic personality. And on the field, by the way, he's a 10, 800 meter guy, which is going to make him one of the faster quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, that's the universal sentiment is that he really represented him very well at media day. Now, this may be a, a tough question for you to answer. It's probably better for Clark Lee, but I really want to know, because I've been impressed with their ability to recruit, um, you know, considering where they've been and lack of attendance and stuff, but they're still you know, doing a good job on the recruiting trail. But do you think it's tougher right now for Vanderbilt to land a commitment or hold on to a commitment? Because it seems like once Vanderbilt yeah. has got a, their, you know, their grips on on a prospect, the rest of the SEC starts to take notice of that prospect. So what, what do you think is tougher for Vanderbilt right now? Well, that's a great question. I mean, technically the answer is to, to land it because, I mean, I had a Vanderbilt coach years ago tell me once you get a guy committed – you know, there's a good chance you're going to keep him because he's got to turn around and tell you no. But the dynamic there, Mike, and, and you know this, is Barton Simmons is part of their operations now. Barton is a name that people know because he's been so good as a recruiting analyst. And so it's kind of like when Vanderbilt gets a commitment, it sort of sends out a bat signal. Hey, everybody take a look at this kid because – their recruiting ability, and I've, I've heard this has been a topic at coaching conventions. They're very well respected for the class they brought in and their ability to identify. So that's the challenge for them. And I'm sure at times they probably got to be strategic about offers because the longer you've got a kid committed, the more time that is for everyone else to study up. But, I mean, I, I think I've been very impressed with their ability to identify talent based on the way I've seen it in practice in fall camp and I'm, I'm sure it, it seems other schools have also taken notice. And, and where are we at uh, on campus with uh, all the $300 million renovations and everything? I know you, you kind of hit on this mm. recently on, on your Vandy Sports podcast. Can you give us the latest on, on where that is? Yeah, from what I understand, they're, they're still raising money. But they plan to break ground, I think, as soon as the football season is over. That open end zone that you see – is going to turn into what I think they have called the country's largest practice facility for basketball for men and women. That'll have some premium seating there. Uh, the close-in zone of the stadium will be torn down. That'll may, be made into a football-only building. They'll do some other stuff across the street. They'll shut down Nesty, Jess Neely Drive, which is a street that runs right behind that closed-in zone. So I think the progress is going to start after the football season. I think the completion date, is around 2025, but certainly that will be a facelift's not even the right word. It'll be almost an overhaul of that stadium, which everybody knows they need. Yeah. Now, something else also you've talked about recently, you've credited Clark Lee for opening all a camp. So you could kind of come through and, and see every practice and you can really get an idea of how far this program has come in a year's time. So, you know, what is, what's just some of the standout observations that you've seen from uh, this training camp for Vanderbilt? Well, they had to get more athletic. I mean, Mike, if you want to talk about, let's be real about what he was taking over. And you tell me if you've ever heard of this. They didn't have anybody drafted last year. And they had two kids that got invited to camp. Uh, that that mm -hmm. is very non-SEC-like. And so mm -hmm. they need to upgrade everything. Uh, they need to get more bodies in the trenches. Uh, and I think he addressed that in recruiting, although those kids are not the ready-made Alabama, Georgia, Florida kids where they're 
290 to, to 310 and 320 and ready to plug in right away. The bigger thing, too, I think, was, or just as big with speed. They just have been so slow the last few years. You can tell that these last two recruiting classes, and by the way, let's give Derek Mason a little credit. The one that he assembled on his way out was a good class. And so those kids now are first and second year in the program. I think they play faster than they did before. Uh, I think that they expect more of these kids in terms of strength and conditioning. I think you're seeing that a little bit too. Uh, there's a lot more discipline in the program. Just tweaks here and there, and not little ones, but big ones, I think are starting to show off. Now, does that translate to wins this year? I don't know. I, I think they could go three and nine and be a much, much better team. But you can see the talent is getting better than what it was. Yeah, and some of the position groups I know that you – mentioned on your podcast quarterback running back receiver looking deeper looking just like a you know much closer to in it i don't want to say uh um you know an alabama or georgia that'd be ridiculous but closer to, to closing the gap maybe to a missouri or south carolina is that fair to say yeah i mean and here's another good way to put it too mike last year if you'd said which kid on that team name me some kids that are going to be in nfl draft picks i would have just thrown up my hands and said, well, I, I could see it being this guy or that guy, but that it's a long way off. Mm -hmm. I look at them now and, and I see kids that they have developed. I think Ray Davis uh, is going to be one of the better running backs in the league if they can open any kind of holes for him. Uh, if you're doing SEC fantasy football and he's around seventh, eighth, ninth round, that, that's one you may want to snag because I think he'll, he'll do some things. Will Shepard has really started to develop after a breakout year last year. Um, you know, the, the quarterback room, A.J. Swan, I think, is their quarterback of the future, maybe their quarterback by the end of the season. He's going to throw a lot of picks when he plays, but I'm not kidding when I say I think he's got arm strength that rivals Jay Cutler, um, and you don't see that every day. Um, and, and that's – I'm not joking about it. He's got a howitzer for an arm. Um defensively, Anthony Orgy has been on a lot of OSEC teams. He's going to be – it's going to be hard for them to get him off the field. Uh, they've got Ethan Barr. They've got Kane Patterson, who, who played some at Clemson, uh, going to be in a timeshare at the other spot. They've got a kid named Jalen Mahoney starting safety to Ricky Wright, who is probably the best athlete on the team, but they needed to find a place for him to play. Uh, look, th this isn't going to be a team that you're going to go up at the end of the year and, and says, you say, well, they've got, you know, half a dozen kids that made all SEC at some level. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is when you start looking at kids that have got ability, uh, they've done a much better job of recruiting and developing those kids. And I, I think you're starting to see that pop a little bit on the field. And, and another thing I, you've referenced on your show is just, uh, you know, the effort and the gang tackling. I mean, it's hard to even tell who's making these tackles because they're, they're all yeah. swarming to the ball. Is, is this much closer to what Clark Lee envisions for his Vanderbilt defense? You think we'll see that this fall? Yeah, I, I don't know that Vanderbilt is going to be the team that you say, man, we, we, we don't want to play them. Um, you know, when you look across the SEC, but what they want to be is a team that when you're done playing them going, man, I don't want to do that again. Um, they 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 want their identity to be swarming to the ball and getting half dozen or more guys in, in a pileup. Uh, and they really did a good job of that. So I think they are going to be a team this year, based on what I've seen, that when you play them, they'll hit you. Uh, they'll be very aggressive and going to the ball. And, and it won't be 
maybe the cakewalk in that sense that it's been in the past. Again, I, I think they're they're going to be hard pressed to win an SEC game, but I think some teams will will maybe be feeling it the next day a little more than they have in the past. Now, hey, that being said, all the positives. What? How big of a loss is it losing uh, Miles Capers for the season? I think it's a loss. Um, they don't have a pass rusher that I can name that's a huge threat. I think they're going to have to get it from safety blitzes, corner blitzes, uh, you know, sending a linebacker through a gap, that kind of thing. But Capers was a kid who was maybe their best threat as a pass rusher. He was in good shape. Uh, he's, he's a rangy kid. He plays that star position, which is the hybrid linebacker defensive end. Um, he started basically from day one of fall camp on and had not lost that job. So they're thin there right now. They're probably going to have to play a freshman or two. Um, and, and I think that was a pretty significant loss. It's not a, a crushing loss, but certainly he was the best option at that spot. Now, Chris, I, I value your opinion much more than Dari Noka. And hey, Dari Noka <laughs> does a great, great job. I'm not trying to down him, but I'm, I'm talking specifically Vanderbilt here, and I'm sure you've seen it. He's come out here and said, hey, 4-0 start for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Do you just kind of roll your eyes at that, or do you, or you, are you believing that, hey, if things break right, maybe uh, the Commodores could be 4-0 to start the year? Well, that, let's be clear. that That's a limb I won't go out on. I, I don't think they're going to be 4-0, but it's not as crazy as it was a month or two ago, and, and there's two reasons for that. And again, I can think when – when I see them with my eyes, they're an improved football team. Um, number two, I think that weight game is key. Sam Hartman, mm -hmm. I think there's a good chance he's going to be out in that game. Uh, I don't know if it'll – it could break the other way, but from what I'm hearing – uh, the issue he's got is going to sideline him for about a month. And I don't know if that's a month from when they diagnosed it uh, or, you know, uh, a month of the season. But if Wake doesn't have Sam Hartman, I don't think Vanderbilt's overmatched athletically in that game like it's going to be in SEC games for the most part. So I think they get Hawaii. I think they get Elon. And if they don't, they're in trouble. But you could be 2-0 and playing Wake Forest. Uh, without its quarterback, maybe you've got a little confidence. Maybe you're not overwhelmed. I, I still think Wake wins that game with or without Hartman, but it's more interesting. Then if you win that, no reason you can't go to Northern Illinois the next week and win. That That's not going to be a hostile environment. I was actually in that stadium last year watching my nephew play at Wyoming, so I, I know that it's not going to be an intimidating place at all. Mm -hmm. um, that, that Look, that's a lot of ifs there, but it's not – and I still wouldn't go there, but it's not as crazy it was maybe a couple of months ago. And I'm sure you've seen this as well, but SEC Nation, they've already announced, hey, we're going to be at the Vanderbilt-Wake Forest game. And are you aware of anything that Vanderbilt is going to try to do to to kind of just just raise the energy or make that a, a game to, to try to get as many fans as possible to come out? No, um, not aware of anything yet. Of course, that just got announced a day or two ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know what their plans are going to be. Look, they've got to get fans in that stadium, period. Their, their season ticket base is – I'm going to guess they don't announce it, but I think it's under 8,000. Um, th that's a time that if you win a couple games, and I think that's crucial, maybe you can start selling some enthusiasm there. Uh, but I, I don't know what they're going to do for that. But that's certainly – they're going to have to start marketing the program better building their season ticket base because that's a chance to, to to maybe get yourself on the radar a little bit if you can go 2-0 into that game and, and, and play it well or maybe win. 
Now, on the latest Vandy Sports Podcast, you talked about this game and, and whether it is a must-win, the opener against Hawaii. Can you kind of uh, share your thoughts on, on just the the level of importance this game for Vanderbilt this fall? Mike, I think it's really important because you look at the schedule, and I don't see an SEC game that they win. Now, Missouri might be the one they've got a chance at, uh, given the way they played it a year ago. Um, given that Missouri is probably the weakest team in the SEC besides them. Uh, but there's still a gap between them and Missouri. Hawaii just got decimated. I mean, that was a circus uh, involving state legislatures, involving Twitter wars, involving, what, 53 players lost to the portal or whatever it was. I mean, it was really <laughs> ugly there. And you start looking at, you know, we talked about the, the bad shape that Vanderbilt was in. Uh, Hawaii's going, hey, hold my beer here. Um, you know, they still got an or situation with three quarterbacks. They, they do have a couple of offensive linemen who come back and a decent running back, but the receivers have done almost nothing. I think they lost their last – their the top eight or nine tacklers. Um, it's a bad spot to be in. I don't, I don't care if you play in Hawaii or Vandy or on the moon. That's one game that Vanderbilt should win. And if they don't win, then the implication is who can they beat, right? Yeah. Um, you would think Elon the next week, but they lost to an FCS team a year ago. So I, I think it's very important because I think if if they don't win, then you get all, all that negativity and those things that they're trying to get out of the program creep back in. And I, I think it creates some doubt as to whether Clark's the right guy. Maybe that's not fair at this point, but again, I look at that and go, Man, if you can't beat Hawaii, it's going to be hard to see a lot of wins this season. So I got to ask, uh, what's your prediction for the game? And and just so we don't spoil anything for your audience, we're, we're going to hold this till Friday. So I'm sure you'll be publicly uh, revealing your selection by then. But who wins in the opener, Vanderbilt or Hawaii? Yeah, I, I put this out there last week. I'm I'm going Vandy 37 to 23. I think the spread has gone from six and a half to eight and a half. And Again, as, as you look into Hawaii, and, and look, God knows, you cannot put it past Vanderbilt to lay an egg in a spot like this. So this is not a, a take it to the bank, but just looking at it objectively where they've made improvements and they've just got so much more returning experience and production than Hawaii does. Yes, Hawaii went to the portal and got some kids, but they weren't kids that were making big splashes at Power 5 schools for the most part. Um, I, I think Vandy should win, and, and frankly – um, probably should win by double digits. Hmm. Uh, last thing for you, Chris, uh, this week zero game, would you favor Vanderbilt playing it in, in this style every year? I mean, I, obviously they're not going to play Hawaii every year, but in my opinion, I think Vanderbilt, they could obviously use as much coverage as they can get. And, you know, when you play week one, you just kind of get lost in the shuffle. If I'm Vanderbilt, I'm pushing, hey, there's only – two or three watchable games this weekend. Put me on mm -hmm. that week. What are your thoughts on that? Mike, I think that's a great idea. Uh, and, and there's a bunch of reasons. One is what you just mentioned. Um, the other thing is this. Who's the only SEC team with two bye weeks this year? It's Fandy. Um, you know, as, as beat up as they get in the season, as much as they need rest, it gives them that. Now, the other thing it gives them, and you can only do this with Hawaii, is it gives you an option for a 13th game. I don't know if they tried to schedule that and just couldn't find a layup that they needed. I think just getting an opportunity to beat somebody, maybe a lower-level MAC team would have been a great idea, but for whatever reason, they didn't do it. Yeah, I like it because it gives them some focus on their program. 
it gives them in this sense a, a shot to, to get off to a good start and it gives them some rest on the back end. So I, I say if I'm them, I, I go for it and do it again if I can. Well, I can't thank you enough, Chris. This was outstanding information. Can you tell the audience where to follow all your work and follow all everything you're doing covering the Vanderbilt Commodores? Yeah, our website is, is vandysports.com. We've got a podcast that's been around for, goodness, this is our eighth season. It's <laughs> the Vandy Sports Podcast. Uh, I've got some good guests. Will Purdue, uh, the former SEC Player of the Year and basketball co-host with me sometime. Corey Chavis, you know that name. Uh, he played corner at Vandy. He played in the NFL for a decade. He's done a ton of NFL draft work. Corey co-hosts some with me during the football season, too. Looking forward to having him back on, so – if you like Vandy, uh, we, we, we break it down. We, we don't pull a lot of punches, good or bad. And, and I've got two guys that are names people know on with me. So I think uh, if you're looking for some info on the Commodores, uh, I think you'll like what we give. All right, Shane. So Chris Lee, he likes the Commodores to start the season 1-0. and It's time for us to break his game down, Shane. Vanderbilt taking the long, long road trip out to Hawaii. The Commodores, incredibly favored by eight points on mm -hmm. the road. Definitely could not have said that last season. But this is a new Vanderbilt, Shane, and this is a new Hawaii. And that ain't good news for Hawaii because we've got a year advantage. If we're Vanderbilt, we're in year two of the program. The over-under, 53 points. This game kicks off at 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central on the CBS Sports Network. Who do you like in the ball game, Shane? Oh, Mike, we finally got some SEC football on TV. <laughs> Come on now. It's going to be late, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it, Mike. You know, I think this, this Vanderbilt team has been shit on long enough, brother, and I'm not saying they're going to come out here and – you know, win the SEC championship. I'm not saying that, Mike, but I think that we finally see a little progression here. I think we see the step forward and a little bit of that competitive depth that Coach Lee has been putting together there in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And, you know, say what you want. There was a lot of games last year they could have just packed their bags and just went home. But there was a lot of fight in this team, a lot of grit. And I think that that comes from the top down. And – I think we see that. Here's a Vanderbilt team that has gone out to Hawaii. They've been out there for four months now preparing for this thing. They're acclimated with the weather, uh, the volcanic activity. These guys are, I mean, they are pretty much native to Hawaii at this moment. And I like them to steamroll the, what do they call it, the Rainbow Warriors? I they think they're even... just the Warriors now, but I still call oh. them the Rainbow Warriors. Well, that's what we grew up to, so why change it now? Somebody trademark that one, like the Gamecock there. But uh, I, I say this, Mike. I say that we, we get a little dose of SEC play. This Hawaii team is bad. They got 50 new players on that roster, and probably two of them are good. So give me Vanderbilt, 35, Hawaii, 21. Hmm. Well, Shane, that I like is my wager of the week. Wager of the week. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. But, hey, I love what you had to say there, Shane. Hawaii, they only got five starters back from last year, Shane, and only one of them on defense. So, 
Yes, Vanderbilt struggled last year, particularly on offense, really on both sides of the ball, but I think their offense is really going to find its stride in this game. Hawaii's got a new coach, new quarterback, new offense. They got three quarterbacks. They're still battling out for the job. The game's tomorrow, Shane. I mean, this is we're well past time of these battles, and it sounds like the guy that Hawaii's going to start at quarterback, two touchdowns, five interceptions last season. They lost their starting quarterback, starting rusher, leading receiver, and leading tackler to the transfer portal, whereas Vanderbilt, Anthony Orgy, their star linebacker, Freshman edge, Darren Agu, both expected to be able to go for this game. Four or five back on the offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line, was it was a struggle bus for Vanderbilt last year, but I feel like going into year two, that could potentially be much more consistent group, particularly facing this Hawaii team that I said has only got one defender back from that starting lineup. I think Vanderbilt is going to lean on the ground game, Shane, and that is why I am taking the Commodores as my wager of the week, 31 to 13. Ooh. And how about this, Shane? Here's prize pick selection here. I like two. Ramon Davis, the outstanding running back, his over-under over at prize picks, it's only 72 and a half rushing yards in this ballgame. He's going for 150 in this game. He's going to double up his prize picks over-under. So jump on. Ray Davis, Ramon Davis there on prize picks. And I'll even go a step further, Shane. Mike Wright, our starting quarterback. Yes. Over under 35 and a half rushing yards. Oh, come on. He's going to have that. Well, I was going to say first half, but first (laughs) quarter is even better, Shane. So get you in on that action. Mike Wright, Ramon Davis, both going over on the rushing total. Again, Vanderbilt 31, Hawaii 13. The Commodores get off to a great start to the season. I think Mike Wright, like you said, gets a great start too. This is yeah. this is somebody we talked about at SEC Media Days. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good look for Vanderbilt. It's the next factor they need. They need somebody mobile. They, because they don't when especially when they get into SEC plays, it, it's gonna be tough for these these big hogs up front to go against some of the defenses they're gonna face. You need a mobile quarterback to kind of mm-hmm. neutralize that attack. And I think we see it full force there in Hawaii. So I like that rushing on prize picks. I definitely go over myself. Now, Shane, I got to be honest with you. I mean, we'll take any football we can get, but the rest of the schedule, not outstanding. But I do got a couple, a little, you know, we're not going to break these games down because I'll be honest with you, I don't know a ton about these teams. But I'm going to be watching because this is the first football in a long time. We got Nebraska Northwestern in Ireland. How about that, Mm. Shane? Mm. And – the main reason I bring that one up, Shane, I don't know if you know this, because, hell, I didn't know until about five minutes ago, the quarterback for Northwestern. Do you have any idea who it is? For Northwestern? No. It's our old buddy Ryan Heislinski. So, oh. hey, I, I want to be checking that out just to – I hope Ryan Helinski – it didn't work out at South Carolina, obviously, but I'll be rooting for him, and he was a good guy. So, yeah, reason to watch uh, a, a game in Ireland. You know what? What time's that thing? 12.30 Eastern, 11.30 Central, Saturday uh, morning. Yeah, we'll check it out. You know, that's a good thing to have on the background as you're just <laughs> getting ready for a real SEC matchup, but I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, and then we hear about – how about this one, Shane? I've never even heard of this damn school. I don't even know if I'm saying this right. DeQuince, yeah. wh- whoever that is, at Florida State, 5 o'clock Eastern on the ACC Network. Only reason that I care about watching this – they play LSU next week, so a yeah. little bit of an early scouting. I mean, again, I don't even know who in the hell DeQuince is, where that is, 
what it is. <laughs> They'll probably, you know, have their starters pulled by the <laughs> second quarter. But uh, I, I do want to see how Florida State comes out. So that's something to keep your eye on. Do you think that's an advantage? Uh, or do you think that helps LSU more? I, I, get, I get that it's a tune-up game. You kind of mm-hmm. get in game mode. You got – I feel that. But also you're putting a lot of tape out there. Right. No, I honestly, Shane, I think it's probably a little bit of an advantage for Florida State to get okay. your, get your confidence up. But hell, they're gonna have no idea what LSU's throwing at them. So, you know, you could you could slice that either, mm-hmm. either way. And I believe you. You know what? Yeah, I love it. Now, how about this one, Shane? Idaho State at UNLV, three thirty Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Any idea? And it you should know why this game is is somewhat interesting to me. I say who's again? Idaho, Idaho State. <laughs> yeah, versus UNLV, and it's it's about UNLV that I'm focused in on here. Uh, oh no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you said it like you figured it out at the last. No, moment, well, but. I was thinking about uh, Terry Wilson, but he, nope. he's not. He's uh, they've replaced him with a guy named Harrison Bailey. Got to remember him, Tennessee mm. quarterback. So, hey, I've just oh, got to yeah. – I, hey, I, I realize I'm, I'm uh, you know, searching for, for reasons to get into these games. <laughs> yes. But this is basically why I'm, I'm focusing in on these games. And then finally, UConn at Utah State. Shane, 430 Eastern on, on FS1. Utah yeah. State. They play Alabama next week, brother. So we we got to get a little scouting in on yeah, them. Yeah, that's uh, right. They could be in for a ball game next week. And don't forget the backup center. His uncle knows a guy <laughs> that had a kid down there in Auburn. Now I don't know if they're related, but I mean, it's just story. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of the week zero. What we've got. Hey, to it's work college with. football. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. I, I'm I'm in on it. And and yeah. there's a lot of you guys and girls back home. They're saying, I can't believe they got this much faith in <laughs> Vanderbilt. Brother, sister, jump on the wager app and take my money if you don't think Vandy's going to win that thing. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget to use that promo code SEC to get you twenty bucks of free bets. Won't cost you a thing. Put mm-hmm. your money where your mouth is. That's what we're doing there on the on the wager app. Absolutely. Well, hey, brother, I cannot wait for this football. I'm so excited. I'm a little buzzed here from Miss Whiskey. You got anything before we hop off the line? No. Uh, just again, reminder, Friday, or t- this evening, you're listening to this Friday, so uh, 8 o'clock. I'm going to be putting the wager Shane's up. buzzed, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. This isn't my first beer, King. <laughs> Mike is like, jump on. I was like, oh, let me finish these Pringles, you know? <laughs> I need a. I'm getting a sample size before I eat some of Missouri's <laughs> chips. You know, I want to try these others, see what they're all about. But uh, no, I, I I'm I'm pumped up. We got a lot of cool stuff going on this weekend. Um, you know, the wait's over. I mean, the wait is over. So mm-hmm. we're gonna have football tomorrow, and uh, I'm just I'm so excited. I am so excited to like. It's like Christmas to me. Christmas Eve, and I know you're, a lot of people are saying, "Well, it's just Vanderbilt," but. No, it's just it's a kickoff. It's it's listening to the coaches talk after the games. It's listening to, you know, injury updates. It's it's just we're in the throes of it now, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get some um, we're gonna get some answers this week. Who's the starting quarterback at, at um, 
at uh, Ole Miss? Who's the starting quarterback at LSU? We're going to get those answers, Texas A&M. So some of these lingering questions that have been just nagging us all offseason, those get answered this week because it's it's time to prep for your first game. So I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm just excited. Everybody's pumped up online. So uh, I look forward to seeing everybody this evening. And uh, other than that, Mike, I've got nothing. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you. As always, appreciate each and every one of you. Enjoy the games this weekend. Get a little appetizer before that full course meal next weekend when we're locked and loaded (laughs) with some SEC football. So that's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. What would you call the appetizer? Like one of those like sliders, Hawaiian sliders, you know, Hawaiian pork sliders. I think that would be the appetizer if I was if this game got anything. All right.